All right, I quote, Practice complaining and you'll be good at complaining. Practice being positive and you'll be good at being positive. Whatever we do is always contagious. You know, we've, we've talked about this before. When you start criticizing people, the first time you may feel a little guilt, but after a while, you won't, you'll just be criticizing everybody and everything because we, we, we're habitual. So if you're a constant complainer, then it, it's going to be hard for you to ever be successful uh, in, in, in life. All right, I want to uh, clean up some of what we, we quit on last week. I know we got several out, but they can, they can listen to it on, online. And then we were on John 8, 31, 32, and we, we, we're not going to take a lot of time with this. I want to get into the book today. And we start talking about, uh, uh, about this scripture and, you know, I was telling y'all, you know, that we was, you know, we were, we were just, you know, we were just desperate, you know, things that we knew the Bible says supposed to be happening to us just wasn't happening to us, you know, uh, and it's like everything, everything that could go wrong, you know, was going wrong. And we read these these verses in in uh, John eight thirty one, but we never went to the other verses. So I want to hit hit those this morning real quick. John eight uh, thirty one said, "Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples, or you are disciplined indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." And and I brought up two questions that 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 the that, that, that that the Lord brought up to me, that the Lord brought up up to me was, how do how do free people act? How, how do free people act? So, whatever if you got a financial problem, if you didn't have that financial problem, how would you act? If, huh? Then, then that's how you're supposed to be acting now. See, uh, if, if you got a health problem, how would you act if you didn't have that health problem? That's how you, that's why to free people, if you free, then that's how you would be acting, see. If you got family problem, children's problem, if you didn't have those, how would you act? How would you think? How would you talk about that child? Then that's how you should be acting, thinking, and talking. Because, we're gonna see this here in a minute with some of these other scriptures, see. But we're the prophet of, of, of our own life. What we say happens in our, our life, good or bad. In the, and so the next scripture we, we, I told you was John, Fifteen seven. <clears throat> so this scripture says, if we'll if we'll know the truth, then that truth will will, will make us free from what, whatever bondage or whatever issue we're in. John fifteen seven, be seven and eight. This is Jesus talking. He says, if you abide in me, that word abide means to to dwell or spend lots amount of time. So if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein, because of verse 7, is my Father glorified that you may bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So shall you be disciplined if you do. Now that word, I want you to look at this, this word fruit. And he is talking about bearing fruit as getting people saved. But but the root of that, that, that word means to have an advantage or to profit. So if, if you abide in my words and my words abide in you, because you do that, my Father's glorified and you will have an advantage. You will profit in life because, why? Because that word gets in you and we believe 
all my needs are supplied according to his riches in glory more than I believe that negative on my bank statement. See? So that begins to cause me to profit because I see it different because faith has come. Faith has, has, see, faith will paint a different picture for you, but the only way to get faith is to stay with that scripture till you get revelation for it. It becomes alive and you, you, you can believe it, see? Alright? Galatians 3. Hit all these and we'll, we'll put them to, to, together. <coughs> Galatians 3 is, is from 13 to 21, and we'll probably just read 13 and 14 for time's sake, but, but you need to spend some, 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 some time right here and, and understand here what, what Jesus did. Verse 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us, or redeemed Vic, from the curse of the law, being made a curse for Vic, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So Jesus redeemed me from the curse. So we know the curse is, is, is in Deuteronomy verses 15 through 63 or 64. That's the curse, see? So, so what does that word re- redeemed mean? It means that he purchased me back with a price to improve my opportunity. On the uh, Amplified version, it says Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse and in parentheses doom of the law and the condemnation by Himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the Scripture, "Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree." On a tree, in parentheses, is crucified. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's going on in your life? If you got financial problems, family problems, health problems, Jesus paid that price so you don't have to put up with it. See, He paid the price, and we're talking about how to prosper in hard hard times. That's, that's what what this book is about, and these lessons are about. So you need to identify those those negativities in your life. And realize Jesus did it for me, so I don't have to put up with it. See, see, our suffering is to resist what the devil tries to put on us and what God paid for. See, God paid the price, or Jesus paid the price, so I don't have to be sick. So when I feel symptoms of sickness, my suffering is to resist that, to put up a wall, to say, no, you don't have that authority. You don't have that ability to put that on me. I'm redeemed from that. Christ paid the price for that, see? And now, it it, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes... You staying with it because every minute that you got a problem, as soon as your mind gets out of what happens, that problem jumps back up. See, we just it jumps right back up every time you idle. So when you idle, that's your suffering. You got to fight those idle thoughts and say that ain't me. That ain't you know Christ redeemed for me. I I refuse that. And and it sounds weird to yourself to start with it, it it doesn't it feels cumbersome but when you begin to practice it then 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 it becomes a reality and because see you have to come to the point and, and i got these books ordered for everybody there's a little book from from ew kenyon called the blood covenant and, and it, it really changed my life 
that everything this Bible says, God said, it has to happen to me. It has no 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 other option. See, and people say things like, "Well, you can't demand stuff of God. You're not demanding anything of God. You, you you're demanding that these promises come true in your life. You're demanding that Satan don't have dominion over me anymore." I control my own destiny based on what this word says. And you put pressure on those promises. God will supply my need. I don't need to know how he's going to supply it. I don't need to try to figure out where it's coming from. I don't need to try to figure out how to get through it. That's none of my business. That's his work. My work is to believe it and to confess it and act like it's already happened. That, that, that makes sense to you. See, that, that's our, when, you, when the Bible says suffering, that, that's the suffering that he's talking about, see, is is that mental fight all all the time. And so you remember, spend some time with this and look up that that word. It's got a bunch of meanings. Uh, you know, I, I got a whole big note on the bottom of my Bible written all the different things. But he paid that price for you, so you don't have to. And then verse fourteen says that the blessing of Abraham, and we're gonna dig into this in, in, in our book this morning. But every time you see the word blessing, most everybody that's been around here knows this, but, but for the new folks, the word blessing means empowered to prosper and have success. When God blessed them, He empowered them to have success. He empowered them to be on top. See, and that's what the blessing means. The blessing is not the thing. We say, well, oh, God blessed me with this, or God blessed me. No, that's the result of the blessing. The, 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 the money that you needed, the help that you needed, that's the result. That, that blessing is that empowerment to be able to get it done in your life. See, that empowerment to prosper. He empowered us. See, I got that power to prosper. See, He gave, He gives us insights, ideas, concepts to, to, we can see into our problems and see how the devil, cause every bit of it is a trick of the devil. Any problem you have, you know, the devil has some way tricked us into receiving it. Because we are free moral agents. We don't have to receive anything we don't want to. See? But the devil is not... God is a gentleman. He won't push anything on you. The devil will trick you, make you say things you don't want to say, all these things to be able to get that inroad to, to, to give you those things that you least desire. And then because of our sin principle, we get those things we least desire and then we focus on them, we talk about them, we enlarge them, we rehearse them, and then that gives them permission to hang around. See, we got to turn around and start rehearsing and saying what God said and not what we, what, what our problems are. You with me? Alright, Romans 8, 2. But you hear these high performed, I call it forms of people talking about the blessing and they, they make it think like you're never going to have issues, you're never going to have problems, you know, that, that, that's not biblical at all because the Bible says and Jesus said you're going to have problems, you're going to have tribulation, there's going to be issues, the devil is never going, going to leave you alone. And the closer you get to accomplishing something, the more he's going to put it on you. Alright, uh, Romans 8, 2. For the law, that word law means established principles. They are, they are God-given established principles of the spirit of life 
That word life is Zoe, the God kind of life. In Christ Jesus hath made me free, see, from the law of sin and death. That word free there has a different meaning. It means exempt. So read it like this. For the law, the established principles of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me exempt from the spiritual principles of sin and death. We exempt from it. So, so when you were in school and you exempted your test, what did it mean? You didn't have to do it. See? So all those things going on in your life, you don't have to do it. So we need to quit making the choice to participate in them. See? Don't participate in high gas prices. Don't participate in inflation. See? Change your attitude. Change, you know, when you get to that gas pump, thank you, Lord. I got the money to put gas in my car. This don't, this don't affect me. This don't bother. See? Instead of doing like everybody else does, complaining about it. Because you, you you exempt from it, he'll bless you past that, where you can fill up your car and fill up fill up somebody else's. Now, I'm gonna say this, and, and and then we'll move on. When we got problems and we got situations, this is what we have to understand about about living biblically and walking in the blessing. Words are given. More for creation than they are for communication. When God created Adam, God used His words and taught Adam how to use His words to what? Create what wasn't there. See, words were for creation because words are spiritual containers. They go forth and produce whatever us as free moral agents speak out. See, that's why when God looked, the Bible says what? It was dark everywhere. It was darkness. But you see, God never acknowledged darkness. He what? Said, light be. See, He spoke what He wanted with faith-filled words into that situation that didn't look like light, and then light came out of it. See? So words are used for creation, not for communication now I, I said was on, then, then think about what you're saying about your problems think about what you're saying about your issues so are you creating more of an issue or are you creating a way out of the issue that's two things that we're doing every time when we talk we're either creating more of the problem or are we creating a way out of the problem and the first time you say something positive, it's going uh, it's going to feel weird. It's going to sound weird because you don't believe what you're saying. But when you say something negative, we're so accustomed that we believe that, and then we can have faith in that negative. See, and that makes it even more powerful to come to us. So, but you have to practice seeing what you want and saying what you want in that situation. And then it'll become second nature and it won't feel uncomfortable. It'll begin to paint that picture of what you want to happen instead of what's actually happening. And then you'll, you'll be able to walk, walk out of it. And then, and, and, and uh, I heard this testimony we, we was talking about, you know, the Bible says that the, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. See? So, when we, when we speak in response of something, our natural response is to agree with it or say, hey, 
you know, I, I, I had bad luck or I had, I had whatever, see. But you got to flip that and, and, and see, God, God sees us as all these promises already taking place in our life. He don't see us where I'm at now. All of these promises in this Bible, He sees that already happened to me and sees me walking in that. Because He calls things that be not as though they were. See? That's what we have to do. We have to call things that be not as though they are. That's what He told Abraham to do. What? Abraham began to say, hey, me and Sarah can have a baby. We can do this. God said I can, so I can. He staggered not. He didn't consider himself a hundred years old and her seventy-five. He began, he began to not consider that information that would keep him from getting to his destiny. God needed him to call things that be not as though they were so he could get Jesus in this world. See? The same thing with us. See? We have to flip that and begin to say what we want more than what we got. And, and I heard this, this second lieutenant in, uh, uh, they were sending him to take take over. Uh, I think it was Kandahar. I can't remember what was the, the anyway the bad place in Iraq where all the killing was going on. They had so much a hard time taking over that city. Those units there were just taking a lot of casualties. Belusia. Huh? Belusia. That's it. That's it. They were taking a lot of lot of casualties. And so they called him up. They was going to put him. The second lieutenant is going to put him over over these units. And and he's a, uh, been raised in the Word, knows the Word. So he took, and we talked about reading Psalms 91 every day. His first order of business was to take Psalms 91, laminate it on a little card, give it to every soldier. They put Psalms 91, the whole thing, on every door of every carrier. Whether it be a Humvee, a personnel carrier, Abram, they put it on every door. And the requirement for his soldiers were, when I call upon you, you have to know this. By, if I say verse 10, you've got to give me verse 10. If I say verse 2, why? Then they can't be memory anymore. It has to be inside of them. If it's memory, i got to kind of go through verse 1 to get to verse 10. But it becomes inside of them. He stayed there two years, never lost a soldier. Never lost a soldier. Now, they pulled him out, put in another guy. And this guy didn't value that. Now, the soldiers there that stayed with it stayed protected. But it's when they pulled him out and the next guy didn't value it or didn't use it, they began to pick up casualties again. And so, you know, that's what they say. He put his faith out. He put his faith out. He he, he gave those guys something to to believe in. See, instead of saying, Hey, you guys, be careful. You know, you some of y'all ain't coming home this time. You know, we going out. You know, how, how you see things, how you say things. You know, some of y'all might not never see your family again. You could have done all that, but he didn't choose to do that. He chose to do it God's way, and see how many men come home to the families that would have never come home if he hadn't if he hadn't took that stand. It was probably rough. He probably got made fun of, but when they got home, they probably, probably appreciated what what he did. So, so you got to look at your situation, evaluate what you're saying. And evaluate what's going on. Alright. With that said, let's get to page 31. Try to keep up with my time. I ain't got Mark here today to... If I look over there and he's doing this, he's saying, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hurt, you gotta hurt. <laughs> 
Page 31. Your prosperity is never linked to your prayer life. Now I wrote a note here that says, I, I don't know about that. So I, we're going to let him explain it as as we go, because from my aspect, I mean, and he said this for a reason to get us to think as we get into the book, uh, get into this chapter. Um, prosperity is not linked to your prayer as far as the promises goes. But when you need to understand what you're doing wrong in that situation to get prosperity to flow, then that's where prayer comes in at because we need the wisdom, we need the understanding. Because I, I, I know it can't be, the first thing you got to X out is, you know it ain't on God's half. You know, we can't say, God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why is this going on? Those are wrong thoughts, wrong questions, don't even go down that road. Because He can't do that and He don't do that. The issue, if it's not happening in my life, is always on my end. I'm missing the connection somewhere. I'm stepping out of line somewhere. I'm doing something or say unconsciously that I don't even know I'm doing. See, and that, that that's what prayer is for in in these issues. When you got problems, your prayer is show me what I need to do. Show me how I need to handle this. Show me how I need, you know, what I and get that information to help you get out of that. Because we play the promise back. We say, God, you said you supplied all my needs according to your riches and glory. So. So that ends that discussion. My needs are met. But my dilemma is how do I get from the Bible saying that to becoming a reality in my life? See, if I can't take this Bible and make these things happen to me, it's useless to me. See, we have to be able to take this Bible and make these scriptures be productive in our life. That's what our prayer is about. Show me how to do this. Show me how to walk this out. Show me how to get to the point where all my needs are met. Show me how to get to the point that my body's here. Show me how to get to the point that, that, that my kids are saved or, or whatever your issue is. See, that's, that's the prayer that we need to be praying. We don't need to rehearse our problems because God already knows the problems. We don't need to go say, Lord, you know, I got this, 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 because He already knows it. Skip all that and start with the, with the, with the solution. Well, Mentors. There are only two ways to learn. Mistakes or mentors. That's Dr. Murdoch. And I have to say, 99% of my life has been the first one. I made mistakes. And I learned from mistakes. And not, not, not many. Now, I don't say they're probably not mentors there, but when you're hard-headed, bull-headed, stubborn, or any word you want to put it, you don't usually look for mentors. You know, you just, you just, you know more than they do till, till life slaps you in the face and you realize you don't. You know, I tell a lot of these, a lot of these parents, I say, just, just hold on. Hold on. The world will straighten them out. They, they, they got all this together. Just let them graduate high school and realize the world don't care. They don't care if you're hungry. They don't care if you're broke. They don't care if you're sick. It'll, it'll fix a lot of these issues. I have, I have spoken publicly for over 30 years and I believe the lack of understanding of the law of mentorship to be the number one reason Christians stay poor. How far would you travel to have access to greatness? What price would you pay? One of the richest women of ancient times was the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says she traveled nine months to sit at the feet of Solomon to ask hard questions and to learn of his wisdom. Even queens recognize their need for mentorship. Now, 
To grow and prosper in the economy of God, you must submit to and sit at the feet of mentors. Go to Matthew chapter 6. I'm glad Duke said he had to amplify it. I didn't let him read this after I read it in the King James. Matthew chapter 6. My wife got on to me the other week. She wants me to get a new Bible. Because I done wrote in this one so much that I had to use sticky notes to make to make more notes. I don't have no 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 other place. The, back, the bottoms fell off of it. But I know how to use this one. I don't know how to use the new one. Verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, this this whole parable from from verse twenty four to thirty four is talking about what we need in life. And he said, "Don't take no thought about those. Don't catch yourself talking about your problems." Because he says, "Take no thought saying what you know what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink." So that that's the pretext. He says here in verse thirty three. See, the first word is but. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things that you need shall be added unto you. Alright, do read that in uh, verse 33 in the the Amplified. It says, but seek, and then in parentheses it says, aim at and strive after first first of all His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. I'll stop. So the first thing... When we got problems, is we seek His way of doing, and because His way is right, see, kingdom of God, you have to understand the the kingdom. We we live in the kingdom of God. We don't live in the United States. See, an example I use all the time is if you go to another country, the U.S. has a what an embassy, right? That embassy is not run by the country that it's in. It's not owned by that country. It's not supported by that country. It's supported by the United States. See? And you have to look at that. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're a citizen of the kingdom. So we operate like the kingdom does, not like the state of Alabama does, not like the U.S. government does. We operate by kingdom principles. And most of the kingdom principles are reversed from man-made principles. Because most of them come through worldly stuff, through, through through Satan and all. So it says here, if you got a problem, what is God's way of doing? That's the first thing I need to know. What is God's way of doing? Well, also, what is God's way of doing? Speaking the end from the beginning. Calling things that be not as though they were. See? Then the steps of, of faith are what? Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. See? I find that Scripture... I believe it in my heart. I say it with my mouth. And then that is what I look at. That is what I put pressure on. That is what I talk about. That is what I concentrate on. Not what's going on around me. Because what's going to happen? As soon, and let me show you this. Go, go to, hold your place there. We'll come back. This ain't in the notes, but you need to see this. Mark chapter 4. Now, have you ever noticed why when you try to pull closer to God, it seems like more things go wrong? Is that just me or is it happening? Do you ever notice that? When you try to make a step of faith, 
seems like the problem gets worse. Or something else besides the problem goes wrong with the problem. Alright? It's here in Mark chapter 4. And this will always be true in every situation you face. You need to remember this right here. Mark chapter 4 verse 15. And these, this is the parable of the sower. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. See, when, when, when you hear the word, the Bible says, faith cometh how? By hearing, right? So when you hear the word of God, faith comes. You may not recognize it. It may be small in the beginning, but faith will come. The more you say that word, more faith comes. The stronger you get. But Satan comes immediately to try to take that away from you, to try to discourage you, to try to turn the heat up on you. Why? Because if he can get you to back away, then the first thing you're going to say is, foot. That going to church don't do nothing. That reading the Bible didn't do nothing. See? Then he's got you. See? But if you push through that wall, see, and this begins to happen to you, then he can no longer talk you out of it. The, the hardest thing with Christians is they can't, they don't really know if they've ever had a prayer answered or not. First time you know that you know that you know that God answered your prayer, you will never be the same no more. Nobody can talk you out of it. The first time you see, you know, one of your babies healed or you healed or one of your financial problems taken care of, you won't be the same. You begin to believe it more because it began to happen to you, see? Getting over that first hurdle is the hardest part because we say, well, I just not so sure. And it is natural thinking. I'm not, not, not judging or criticizing nobody. You know, I just don't know if this can happen to me. I don't still see how this, it's, it's beyond our belief. It's beyond our impossible. We think it's impossible, see, because we haven't spent enough time cultivating it, see. So you can say every time you stick a step of faith, you, you'll see this happen. Something else will happen. This problem will get worse or something will come out of the blue to try to discourage you. But you got to remember, that means that I'm real close to this happening to me. The more heat you get from the problem, the closer you are to the breakthrough. You have to remember that. He's going to continue to jack it up and jack it up until you break through it, see? And when you break through it, then you're never the same anymore. He has no more power over you because He can't convince you that it can't happen anymore. See? Alright? So here's says, the first thing we have to do is 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 find out what, what God's way is. And God's will, God's way is His Word. Find it in the Word. You know, everybody's got apps and Bible apps. All you got to do is search it. Whatever you're looking for, it's in there. You know, and it'll give you the Scriptures. They're easier to find than, than, than they used to be in times past. And then, and then write those down. Like I said, you need to have a list of some sort. And only but three or four Scriptures. One on finances. One on children. One on sickness. Have a little list of a few Scriptures that speak to you. And that time, when you have problems... Boom, you already got them looked up, see? You already have them. And because it, every scripture in the Bible that talks about sickness, talks about money, probably ain't going to say a whole lot to you. There's going to be a few that you see that, that you, you, you feel connected to, see? And those are the ones that, that, that you need to pull out and, and begin to rehearse and begin to use. Right? Somebody knows what you don't know. Yep. Somebody's been where you're trying to go. Someone has finished what you've not yet started. Now, success is a mindset. Anybody 
that wants to can be successful. Successful is a mindset. But, but so is the opposite of that. Being unsuccessful is a mindset. If you got, you know, if people have low self-esteem, that's a mindset. See? And it's developed by circumstances, by experiences, but anybody can be successful if they choose to be successful. The problem, you know, I've said this many times, but it is the truth. The problem is we're lazy. We're not willing to do the work. We're not willing to do what it takes to break through. Once you break through, everything becomes easier. So you know the process. It don't take as much time from then on to, 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 to get your needs met. It's that breaking, <coughs> breaking through. See? Cause you're listening to something all the time. You're going down the road with the car radio. You made a choice. You could have been listening to something to help you break through. See? You're doing something all the time, but it's easier to do stuff that we don't have to think. I mean, we can watch that television show. We can be entertained. But what is more important to me right now, being entertained or putting this behind me forever? And we have to make those choices. You only make those choices. You know, you have to decide how important is getting this done to me. How important is it that I'm with? Because, because nothing comes through God without a sacrifice. You've got to sacrifice or give up something to, to, to spend that time. Because our time is so occupied today. Right? You have to make that choice. See, and when I first started doing this, you, I don't know if y'all remember what a Sony Walkman was, but man, I, I, I did. I carried that thing with me all all day long, all day long. I, back then, y'all, y'all, y'all helped me out of it, but man, I, I didn't have to ride on man. My whole palm up the side of my arm, top of my arm, I just rode all day on my arm. And uh, I come home at night, and I'd, I'd ride it, ride it, ride it down. Man, Angie was hungry. We was hungry for the word, but we was hungry in reality too. Something had to change, you know. And we was hungry, and we got on to this, and we begin to, to, to because they're not tapes anymore. You can get anything you want to. Man, I fell in love with YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, I, I finally got some internet in my house. Man, I've been listening to to Oral Roberts and Casey. I don't know if you know who Casey Price is. That was my first, the first guy that turned me on to faith was Frederick Casey Price. Now, if you ain't ready for your feelings to get hurt, don't listen to Casey Price, because he comes straight at you and comes right on you. He don't he don't pull no punches. But man, I learned so much. He, he's gone. These guys are gone. I want to be with the Lord. But I'll just listen this weekend. Casey, for how to develop your faith. You know, sometimes I go back to the basics. You know, I got all these guys on YouTube and I'm listening to them and I'm sending them to all my youngins and, and you might listen to it, but I'm giving you opportunity to. And uh, so, so use that kind of stuff. You know, you get it on your phone. You know, I, I got one now. You know, I, I, Angie bought me some of them. Uh, what you call it? Ear, earbuds? Is that right? Earbuds? So now when I'm in my tractor, I'm just playing my phone all, all day long, you know. But I remember those days, man. And, and then when I was, I'd be riding down the road, I'd have me a little notepad, have the cassette work going on in the truck, and I just had to pull over and just, just ride and just ride. I mean, I still got all them old notes in there. But, but we was desperate, you know. Hey, is this gonna work or it ain't gonna work? If it ain't gonna work, I ain't got to wasting my time with it, you know. And then, but then, but then the Lord began to tie us to some of these people and help us understand, uh, you know, how, how, how to, how to do that. You know, so, so use your time, you know, it, it, because it, success depends on you. It depends on me. 
in, in whatever area it is in your life, or multiple areas like it is, with, and it's still like that most of the time, multiple areas, you know, focus on it, focus on it, focus on it, and, and, and you'll and you begin to see, see it break through. Your mountain is somebody else's pebble. Are you passionate enough about the future to invest time and energy to pursue financial mentors? Many in the body of Christ are continually waiting for financial miracles instead of actively pursuing financial mentors. I know we're about to run out of time. I'll, I'll clean this up next week. I'll say this. Beware of Christian financial advisors. A lot of people in the South are Christian by name only, not by actions. I have got burnt twice thinking you're dealing with... And they will not corrupt people. They just didn't invest a lot of time in trying to help me. They were more interested in, in getting your money and getting it than they were in really helping you progress in the future. Now, I'll clean that up next week. But, but, but beware of, of, of who you're dealing with.